0: This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 930 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at MyLifeChangeChurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands.
1: Well, thanks for joining with us today. Uh, today, I want to share some things found in Jeremiah. In fact, you can turn in your Bible, to Jeremiah chapter 6. We're going to reference a few passages, but before I get there, um, I really want to discuss what is going on currently and even how that's affecting some of the, uh, the preaching and the messages. In fact, if we were to look back at a couple weeks We talked about that when God's grace is in our life, we're not frustrated. And obviously, um, we're seeing so much frustration in our nation and what happens within that frustration and what people are capable of doing. And then last week, we talked about that when the Holy Spirit can get inside of our lives, how important it is to have those unctions or when God wants us to move and His power works in us that it literally empowers us to do things that are the impossible— Well, today I'm going to be talking about choosing the path. In fact, today if we were to ask this question, it's time to ask this question, and that would be this, is who does God want me to be? So many of us right now want God to do something for us, and God is looking for us to be His children to follow in His path. And uh, so if we could just talk just for a couple minutes about current affairs. First of all, in 2 Timothy it says that a, you know, a, a warrior doesn't get in involved with the affairs of this life. And I've shared over and over uh, many times throughout the years in this church that um, if you're not part of the solution, then all you are is part of the problem. And many times people are fighting a fight that's not their fight, and they're not willing to go in prayer about that fight, but they're willing to go over there and physically uh, have some kind of turmoil and create turmoil. In James chapter 3, it talks about the wisdom that is from above. That the wisdom from, uh, that's from above is not earthly, it's not sensual, and it's not obviously demonic. But it's peaceable, it's willing to yield, it's gentle. I believe in, in righteous and justice protest. I believe that there's a place for him. I thank God for Martin Luther and the protest. But the protest that he led in... Were ones that were supposedly to bring a peaceful solution and in the right spirit, the spirit of God that was in that man. You can always tell there's a right spirit and a wrong spirit. In fact, um, we just had this week we had something that's happened so uh, a great atrocity, in, in in seeing what a man, an officer did. But let me tell you something. There's eight hundred thousand officers in this nation. How in the world are we picking what one man is doing which is so terrible and he needs to be, have justice toward that scenario and why in the world are we inflamed over that? In fact, it seems like in the same thing in the book of Genesis where it says through one man's sin, Adam, all of us have paid a dear price. But I love Roman, Romans 5 where it says through one man, Jesus, we have a righteousness to fulfill and to be passed on and that's going to be the message today that what Jesus has done is greater than the sin of any man. And it's time for us to recognize how important it is to pass it on. And in Jeremiah chapter six, verse 16, there's this passage that I think needs to literally be in, in, passed on over and over into the next generation to the next generation. And that's this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. What if we were just to stop and realize that every choice is a crossroad? Ask for the old and godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road I want. Isn't that seem like the the directive that many people have in their life they don't want to follow this old way in fact it's so hard to even pass on generation to generation and it's so important that god has said discipleship is all about passing it on we're going to be talking about how important it is to even find the right path in life that you need wisdom that you need to find counsel god's word is full of those who have to have abundance of counsel So let's get started, but before we do that, let's pray. Father, I ask right now that you fill me with your spirit. I ask that the the spirit of might and counsel and wisdom, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of understanding would come forth, that it would not be me that would speak, but it would be the oracles of God that would come forth. I pray, Father, that you would move on behalf of your word, that your word is powerful. It rightly divides. And God, I pray that we would have understanding that would not be of this world, that would not be something that was passed on, Lord, from another generation to generation that was not you. But God, that we would receive the old godly way, your ways, God. We receive it, Father, with a a spirit that is gentle, willing to yield, and to recognize the importance of following your path and Passing that path on to others around in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Psalm sixteen, eleven said this, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Matthew seven verse thirteen. Go in through the narrow gate, the gate to destruction's wide. The road that leads there is easy to follow. A lot of people go through that gate, but the gate to life is narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. And then 2 Peter chapter 1, 5, and I'm going to read through uh, verse 9, which is going to be a reference point for the weeks to come. And by the way, June 7 is our opening service again. We are so excited about it. And sometimes through the the wake of everything that's going on, it's like it takes out all this joy of, of, of even getting back together. Well, don't let it. We are coming back together. We're gathering as saints again together. And what God wrote this passage and this whole message series months and months ago in my heart, it's called the Full Life Series. Everything he knew, he's seen this hour. He's seen this. None of this surprises God. It surprises us, but it doesn't surprise God. And he's been getting us ready for this hour in our life. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Again, we'll be talking about this in the weeks to come. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. Boy, we could use a dose of that today. And self-control with patience and endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins." So I have a few points, more than normal, so if you're taking notes today, and hopefully you can hear this over and over if you miss one, point number one is, there's a right path and it's not easy to see or navigate. There is a right path to follow and it's not easy to navigate. We've already heard this, Jesus quoting it in Matthew seven thirteen, go going through the narrow gate, the gate to destruction's wide, the road that leads there's easy to follow, a lot of people go through that gate, but the gate is, to life is very narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. So if we are a people in this culture today that like to take the path of least resistance, obviously from scripture we just read is gonna be a struggle to follow. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse one, references the importance of every generation. Every single generation. Timothy, Paul talking to Timothy, says this. My dear son, be strong in the grace that God gives you. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. It has always been God's plan that God would pass on his plans. His design from generation to generation. That God wouldn't have to start all new from another new generation and go, and people would look at God and go, I've never heard this before. That a father, a mother, a teacher, a judge, that the land that people would be filled with righteousness and would pass it on to the next generation. And here's what's going to happen is if we have that heart and that passion. Here's what Paul again says to Timothy. He says, Endure suffering, Timothy, along with me, as a good soldier of Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them, and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Number two, so now we know that there's a narrow path to follow, and it's hard to find. Number two, you will need God's help in this journey. You will not find your purpose in life. You will not find in this path. You will not stay on this path unless God helps you. Psalm 1611 says this, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. God wants to reveal his plans and his ways to you. It is his heart to show you that path. Number three, you'll need to ask the Lord, first path. I love that we read it in Jeremiah chapter six, sixteen. 16, this reference God showed me this week, the old way. Jeremiah 16, I'll read it again. This is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroad and look around. I say this to you all of you that are going to watch this and maybe pass it on, that every Christian should stop at the crossroad and look around and ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path, and you will find rest for your soul. Don't be the ones that reply, no, that's not the role we want. So I want to talk about a little bit about Jeremiah, if I could. Jeremiah is someone who begins to uh, rise up in his ministry in a good time. In a good time. He's underneath the king, Josiah. Josiah is a young man that God raises up in the, in the kingdom of Judah, And brings about great reform. I mean, there's such a revival that goes on in the nation of Judah. He goes over there and takes down the high places that they begin to worship God. He starts the Passover again. There's just great moving of God in this hour that has happening underneath Josiah's rule. I wish I could stop there. I wish that that would be just the end or the beginning and the end of Jeremiah's directive and prophesying. But it wasn't. In fact, we know that Jeremiah prophesied for approximately about 40 years. And the first few years were great. Again, I said he was a priest, he was moving. So he's seen the priestly ministry, seeing it grow and seeing it moved. And Josiah was putting things in order. And then Josiah goes out to fight um, Pharaoh and actually is killed in battle. And his son is put in place. And within a, just three months time, and we marvel at how quickly things can turn over. The Bible records this too. In three months time, the nation of Judah is turned upside down through Josiah's son. And this man is removed from office. And then one of his other sons is put in. So I just wanna share with you that five kings in 40 years is what we've seen. And not only that, that we've seen the, the, the moving of God. We've seen the, the amazing reform that Josiah brings. And now we see four more leaders that are put in place in Judah. We see where Egypt has uh, has held captive Judah. And then we see Babylon captivity. So here's what Jeremiah feels. In fact, he's called the weeping prophet because on the inside, he's so broken up because he sees things to come. Church family, that's the Holy Spirit. And there will be times and things. I I can remember years ago where God was speaking to me and telling me that this time that we're living in was coming. I didn't see what it was and it was very dim, but the hours that we're living in I could see. And I can only say that I didn't weep enough, that I didn't break enough, that I didn't, I I was too passive in my approach, but now it's time Going. this is the hour that God has for us to live in. We are not be supposed to be bystanders sitting in the, you know, the bleachers of life, but we should be on our knees crying out for our living God and a moving God, an active God. This is the greatest hour I believe reviving and revival will start and work in, but it starts in your life. It moves in your life. And it doesn't come by pointing a finger at others. I got four fingers, if I point one finger out there, I'm gonna have four fingers pointing at myself. We should be broken at the condition of what's going on in our hearts. We should be broken at the condition of a, of a nation, one nation under God, that a nation's becoming so divided. We should be broken when we see people that are fighting a cause going over there and realizing that the cause should be Jesus Christ and Him glorified. And do I believe that there should be times of justice? Yes, I've quoted this before, that I believe God put justice in every single mankind, that he put it, that's who God is. It's, we're made in his image, so we should want justice. But then God said, then we're supposed to hand that justice to him because he's the one that will justly run it. So you say, Pastor Ron, what are you saying? What What can we do? What can't we do? The thing is what we can do is we can pray, that we can unite, that we can even march with the right spirit. And that that right spirit is this, that we would unify in an effort to see God's, again, this nation become one nation under God that doesn't see color, that doesn't see races, it doesn't see the unfairness, it doesn't see sickness, it sees health and prosperity, it sees righteousness, it sees hope, it sees love, it sees forgiveness it sees god's plan again number three ask the lord for his path the godly way how many people want to even follow the old way well i'm seeing so much and now that i'm older i've got grandchildren um, that i even speak into in their life and i I recognize how we have become a culture that we don't ever want to do things the old way we always want to do a new thing you know god wants to speak it new in our lives, but it's building upon the old. It's building upon the 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 traditions of God inside of mankind. And when we don't realize how we are supposed to honor, and honor is supposed to be passed on. Honor thy parents that it may go well. Honor our nation and the rules, Honor our patriarchs who started this nation. And we have become a, a scholastic Uh, school system right now where we don't even give honor to our patriarchs, that even a lot of our history books don't even talk about how this nation was raised in God. We're not giving honor to the God that raised this nation and why he raised this nation. Number four, his path will be found in his word. Research in God's word is great. In 2 Timothy 2.15 Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godlessness. So his path is avoiding worthless chatter, foolish talk, that leads to more unrest. And it says, Be one who presents yourself to God, receive his approval by a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. We should be diligent, intentional about getting in God's word. God, reveal your truth to me. As I study your word, as I receive your word, reveal the truth of your word in my heart and my life. Number five. His path will be found in understanding God and not left to your own understanding. We are not those who God abandoned. We are not those who God orphaned. We are adopted into his kingdom. He has called us and he is raising us up. He has called us to be a family. He has called us to be part of his design and his plan, that we are to be united in spirit. This is his plan. Proverbs 3, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I know that um, when I've had really harsh events in my life, watching my uh, brother-in-law just recently pass or my nephew who um, died of cancer or my first grandbaby be stillborn. These are events in my life that were highly emotional and that my heart was uh, broke and that I did not lean to my own understanding. I did not try to find out who and what I thought who God was because I already had assurance that who God is. I don't try to fabricate or color who God is in these emotionally moments in life. What I do then is at that, that point is that's when I lean not to my own understanding, but I find people in my pathway that I know that are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. People that are strong in the word, strong in truth and I lean into them and I find out, and I ask them for advice. I ask them for counsel. Because many times in those places of unrest, I can find myself getting off that narrow path. That these events can easily move me. In fact, there was a, a, a place and a moment with the disciples because they loved Jesus. Who wouldn't love Jesus? And they were following Jesus, and, they were, and sometimes Jesus would have them send ahead to go prepare a place for him. In one such city he was going and they were in front and this city was not embracing. This city was literally rejecting Jesus. And it it brought so much unrest inside of their heart that they used scripture, an Elisha moment in scripture and they wanted to call down she-bears. They wanted this city to be destroyed because of their rejecting Jesus. And Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of. You have no idea. He says, I didn't come here to judge the world. He says, I came here to save the world. Today, I think you can find, we can find scriptures to fight any one of our causes and our purposes. But one thing you can't do is this, is get yourself in the right Holy Spirit and twist or get divided. For God's scripture was written and inspired by that same Holy Spirit. And we use, we even find that Satan will twist the scripture for his own demise and for just to divide the kingdom of God. It is time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to fill and to flood. I believe in the weeks to come there's going to be a great outpouring of his spirit on the church. I believe we as a church family, in fact we're already now praying that starting June 7 that people can come to the altar and get filled and refilled and filled and refilled with his Holy Spirit. How important is it? Well, let me tell you something. How many people can get off that path? And with so many voices and so many opinions, even within the structure of the church, We need the Holy Spirit to guide. We need the assurance of the Holy Spirit to lead us. We need to know within our hearts. Number six, his path will be found in godly counsel. I want to end in this uh, particular passage. Just take some time here if we could. Godly counsel. Been kind of hard to find that place, even the presence of that place, when we've had so much uh, time where we haven't been able to gather together. The purpose of gathering our lives together is because all of us have the Holy Spirit in part. Jesus was the only one that had the Holy Spirit without measure. The Bible says that he had the full measure of God and the Holy Spirit. Every one of us just have a measure of the Holy Spirit. Well, that tells me just by listening that I need your measure and you need my measure. And the only way that is going to happen is when it gets passed on. In fact, let me uh, clarify. Just like what's going to happen in in, in many of these um, uh, protests, they can start out very peaceful. And just what can happen is you can get a few people um, that will bring in and stir it up. And the next thing you know, the people that were peaceful get all stirred up because we call that transference of spirit which means you're a spirit being and you can get in the wrong spirit. Jesus said to his own disciples, you don't know what spirit you're off. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 turned into Peter and sa- looked at him and says, "Get behind me, Satan," because Peter was trying to protect a picture of how he saw Jesus being Many of us right now have this picture of who we think Jesus should be for us. This is what Jesus should fight for me. He should think this for me. He should protect me in this. Because that's the picture we have of Jesus. But what if Jesus' picture for you was that you were to be one of, one of his saints that were to be persecuted? And that through that persecution... God's design and plan, and that hundreds, possibly thousands of lives could be changed for the kingdom of God. What if that could be God's plan? But if you're pictured for God, is this that, no, 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 I'm not going to allow God to, you know, that's not God, that's not God. That's just like in Jeremiah chapter 6, 16, we referenced earlier, the old God way, God, whatever you want. You know, Jesus was at that garden himself. Um, I'd like to take the path of least resistance, because Jesus saw what was in front of him. He saw God the Father turn in his face. He saw the whipping. He saw the injustice. He saw the hate and the maliciousness. Jesus is the God of love. And he saw those people backbiting. He saw those people rallying to go over there, crucify him, crucify him. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He saw things to come and recognize that moment. Oh God, if there'd be any other way. But there wasn't, was there? Jesus was the one to pave that path so you and I's lives could even get on that narrow path. Are we gonna be the body of Christ that we could allow our lives for somebody at your workplace to find that path? Maybe you're going to be jeered at. Maybe you're going to be mocked at. Maybe you're going to be, man, you're such an old fart. Well, yeah, maybe I am following that old way of God. Your ways are antiquated. You you mean I'm in the word and I'm of his spirit? That's what needs to be passed on. There may be new means of spreading it, much like we're streaming right now. But the message is as old as God And that message needs to be passed on. God designed mankind to share in his plan. And that he doesn't go over there and and work every generation and start over. He says from that generation, it passes on to the next generation, it passes on. But what if a generation is passive in its approach towards righteousness? What's gonna happen to that generation that's receiving that passivity? Well, they're not gonna, it's not being passed on. Body of Christ. We need to pass on the truth. Number six, counsel. This needs to be passed on. We need to be around counsel. Proverbs 12, 15. Fools like their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Proverbs 1 5, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those who with understanding receive guidance. Proverbs thirteen ten, pride leads to conflict and those who take advice are wise. Now I recognize that there are events and there are activities that happen in our life. And I've just shared just a, a couple of them have happened in my own life. Many things that have been unfair, unjust, and I don't get to take things and matters in my own hands. That's being entangled with the affairs of this life. But I, I, what I need to do is listen, to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And even then, when I'm trying to tune in, because there's so much, there is so much sometimes frustration on the inside of me. I'm so close, I'm so familiar with the unfair and unjust situation, then I need to lean into my brothers and my sisters and share with them and ask them what do they see? What do they hear? What do they understand? And will, am I willing to yield? Just this morning, taking some time to pray with the elders, being in the, the Holy Spirit presence changed everything. Pictures and view and vantage point. It all becomes clear because being in the presence of God, and not only that, but the measure of the Holy Spirit was in each one of them, And that same measure all of a sudden lit me up on the inside. Can you fathom June 7? Many of you are capturing what I'm trying to say right now. I ask you, as we're closing, I have a passage and Word God had me speak to speak and declare for the, the close of service. Psalms 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desire. Is your delight in God and doing it His way? I can remember times where I would say yes. I'll give you an example and then we'll close. I remember having communion many years ago and, and it was... And I remember there was another pastor that um, I was kind of frustrated with. And they were in the same sanctuary, so don't be thinking, well, is it this church? Is that church? What time? Stop, stop thinking about it, all right? I just want to share the context of what I'm saying. I was about to take the Lord's Supper. I was about to take Passover with God. I was about to take something as a spiritual... Um, Reference point of a promise that God he was gonna fill my life With what Jesus did he broke he was broken so I could be put together He shed his blood so I could have a covenant with God And and here I am having this great ready to have this great moment and in a connection with God and God spoke to me says you have aught with your brother and your brother has aught with you go make it right or don't take communion. And so nobody else knew what was going on. I walked across the sanctuary, found my brother, and I asked him to forgive me. That's all I did. I said, would you please forgive me? There are some things that have been harboring some frustration in my life. You know, what I would say is this, I wasn't even mindful of those things when I went into church that morning. I wasn't even mindful of those things throughout the week. Those were just things that were in the chambers of my heart that Satan was waiting for an opportunity to work on. And Jesus is the only one who says, you know, Satan's coming, but he has nothing to work with. That moment, the Holy Spirit helped me in my narrow path, taught me something that I, it was so dear and needed in my own heart. He says, Ron, there are things, events in your life that will grow you or destroy you if you allow me in that chamber even in the painful experience that you have even in the unfair conditions that what that very pathway you have you can be more assured of or all of a sudden it's going to be a shaky point that satan's got his finger on you waiting for his opportunity to devour you maybe you're maybe i'm speaking to you right now maybe there's a place where you feel like you're being devoured and bitterness, and jealousy, and envy, and, and cause of anger, and hurt, and frustration. That's the enemy's path for your life. Jesus said it: things, these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. Isn't it interesting? Those are exact opposite of the ones I just mentioned. These three will always remain. A billion years from now you're with Jesus, and there'll be three things that will always remain. Faith, hope, and and love. If those three aren't on the forefront, if they're not on the eyelids of your heart, eyelids of your thought process right now, then let me share something with you. Now you you are struggling. You're in a shaky place in your path, and God wants to. He's speaking to you right now, trying to get you back on that path. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you would please follow me in this prayer. This is no, there's no magic to this prayer. It's just surrendering your heart into his hands. Remember, we started out point number one. You need God's help in this path. You need his path. There is a right path to follow. Number two is you're gonna need his help in it. Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, I ask you right now, to touch those father that are hearing this message right now lord and the ones that are going to be hearing it in the future lord you are the you're the one that knows how to draw people to yourself you use activities you use people you use your word you use the church The Holy Spirit, angels, there's all kinds. of Lord, you're devising ways for banished ones to come home. Because that's you, God. You're a daddy that loves people. And so for people to find that love, God, many of us, Father, have to come into some roadblocks in life. Conditions that cause us to, to be shaken up. So that we would not trust our next step but we would stop consider ourselves at the crossroad and God step into your path if you're listening right now and you're unsure of who you are in Jesus and you're unsure in fact that the path you're right now isn't, isn't about faith, hope and love, it's not about sensing the presence of God in your life it's not about recognizing his fullness of just, you can, you can feel, you can sense. He's given you feelings so that you can sense who he is. Not so that you can sense everything around you. All that's, all that's a given. But, you, but can you put your feelings to him first? Can you, can you allow you to surrender your heart to him first? If this moment right now, God's pricking your heart, to surrender I want you to repeat these words with me say Father God in Jesus name I surrender my life I ask you to show me your path your path of righteousness forgive me for doing it my way I surrender in Jesus name I belong to you. I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for following with us. And again, share and allow God to lead your life.
0: You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.